Hello and welcome to the Marketing That Matters podcast, casual conversations for purpose-driven women. Each week we'll talk about what's grabbed our attention, productivity hacks making our life easier, and chat about a purpose-led brand. Welcome back to the podcast, um, Jade. Nice to have you here. Oh, I thank you very much. Um, let's start with what's got your attention this week, Jade. Okay, so I read an article from the Marketing Mag called Shifting Your Marketing Approach and Embracing Digital. It was written by Teresa Sperty. She's the founder and director of a digital agency. Why it got my attention is she talks about how technology has really changed the way consumers interact with brands. Yet so many brands and marketers are failing to embrace digital in the way that they should, or it's not really a key component of their marketing approach. I thought this was really interesting because we see this so often with clients um, or just business owners that we talk to. And because they have an Instagram profile or they might have placed one ad here and there on Facebook, they think they're all set with a digital strategy. And I think the mistake a lot of people make is they silo traditional media and digital media. They'll Mm. be like, oh, this is my budget and then I've got this budget for digital. And I'm like, Mm. well, no, you should actually have one budget and it goes across whatever platforms best reach your audience. Mm. Teresa really nails what we've seen time and time again with clients by saying, channels like TV, newspaper, billboards and others have a tangibility that digital doesn't afford. Executives feel comfort in seeing the brand show up in traditional mediums and marketers are having to appease internal stakeholders as opposed to plan based on customer behavior. What do you think, Alicia? Do you agree with me? Um, Definitely about almost having to please the the stakeholder versus the customer, Um, especially especially now in 2020 or nearly to be 2021, um, that we're still we're still having this conversation. Um, I think some stakeholders are just too stuck in their ways to understand that the reach and genuine consumer connections now happen in a different way to how they used to. And you know what? They didn't used to happen that way because it didn't exist, you know, in 20, 20 years ago well, um, or so. So now they just have to realize that we can have genuine reach with those impressions and not to just um, – write write it off and only value say radio reach or tv reach yeah exactly because we had this conversation didn't we i think Mm. a couple of weeks ago saying that um a lot of people we encounter don't value a tv viewer or a radio listener as much as a digital impression where essentially they're the same thing yeah it's almost like um still caught in the the days of being excited when you've when you've put a spot in um a high-reaching or well-performing tv show but why not be excited when you get that same reach from online content? It's just bizarre. I just haven't found the same reaction from digital. Um, Yeah. Do you think it's maybe because digital is more um, attainable, I guess, because a lot of small businesses with small budgets can um, pull off a great digital campaign. Whereas if for your small business, you might not be able to afford TV production, TV production, TV advertising. So maybe there's still that um, kind of perception around the more traditional mass media being um, for like higher profile, bigger brands possibly maybe. Yeah. So it's almost like a win. Look what we did. We made a TV ad and we had on TV, we reached this many people versus digitals. It's easy to create an ad. 
mm, and anyone, and can, anyone do can do it possibly yeah you're right but even even then you could still reach the same amount of people that you've reached on tv and they're probably more targeted and more exactly who your audience is versus the mass um audience that is tv yeah it's bizarre bizarre um, Teresa also says where digital is newer to the organization, it can be under greater scrutiny and isn't afforded the time to deliver material gains. Expectations around impact and outcomes aren't well managed and often lackluster short-term results can cause the business to pull back on digital efforts. So I think that's important as well that I don't think digital is given as much um, time to Leeway. perform. Yeah. yeah, totally. And it's so funny because how many times have we put um, ads in, say, um, you, you know, you invest, say, with radio and you have um, you have some spots that are, you know, through midday and then breakfast from um, dawn till – or evening till dawn. And, you know, they still they still continue to be, okay, but it was fine. We, we were in the primetime spots, so it's okay that some of my spots didn't land in great times. But if that happens digital, it would just be scrap that. We're not going on that platform again. That was a waste of money. Um it, um, Teresa also said in there that digital can often be seen and funded as a project rather than a way of doing business. And this yes. re- results in a stop-start approach to efforts and exactly what you're saying, like the turn-off, turn-on type of approach. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's just interesting that they've given so much um, – that she's she's really hit the nail on the head there, I think. Yeah, I, I like that she had some um, some key things to – to look for to make sure that you are embracing digital, being mm. the marketer or the brand or the business mm. owner. Um, she said, be prepared to be bold and brave. So um, not looking at the set and forget approach to budgets and making sure that you're always thinking about how to reach and engage your audiences. So the budgets need to become more fluid and adaptable, like um, like you were saying. And upweight knowledge and build common understanding. So if marketers, basically, if you don't have an understanding of digital, you're obviously not going to use it as much as you should be. So if you're the marketing manager, you're the business owner, you probably really, really need to upskill in that area to make sure that you understand what you're doing. The more you understand about the digital space, the more you'll likely use it and invest in it. Totally. And I think um, it's saying here that it requires a fundamental shift in how the organization engages with its customers. So it requires investment and requires a shift in mindset. So at the end of the day, it's unlikely that the the stakeholders are going to go seek out information on how to include digital into their business themselves. So therefore, it does fall on the marketer's um, role to almost have to educate the business as well. Mm. And, you know, I see it so much where they'll where the business will say, yeah, but we have a social media manager or we have a digital manager. It's not good enough because – to have yes, you have a team or you have one person. No, the whole business needs to understand how this can bring your business forward. Sales need to understand. Mm. You know, customer service. Customer service needs to understand. How much are we seeing that social media platforms are becoming a customer service center, basically yeah. for brands? Yeah, exactly. Brands. I'm yeah. seeing it time and time again where two uh, multiple accounts will pop up for the same brand, and one will be a customer service brand. Like uh, Frank Body have a customer service brand. I mean, a channel. Yep. On Instagram, so you can I, – um, I can't remember what the handle is at the moment, but it, um, when you look up Frank Bod, they have it in their bio, and you can – you can um, when you click on it, it talks about people review the products. Yeah, exactly. So if, if imagine if every department understands how digital can help them, then the business is going to move forward in yeah. the right way. But if, if they don't value it, you'll be left, left in the dark ages. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> 
We'll put a link in the show notes because the article is definitely worth a read. Um, if you're a business owner and you think that maybe you should be embracing digital more than you are, there are some great takeaways there to ensure that you're being able to do that. So what's got your attention this week, Alicia? So what's got my attention this week are Etsy's Christmas ads. I don't think I'm alone in feeling a little uneasy about buying from the big corporations this year. I just want to support local artists and support the little guys. And Etsy really um, capsulates this well. So Etsy are a um, Brooklyn-based um, business where which allows... Um, both buyer and artist to connect and you can buy from from artists um, and buy their their products um, so the the ads just absolutely gave me goosebumps we'll put link to links to the ads in the show notes um, but it's essentially showing how um, during this year which is a weird year um, how we're connecting via technology and being able to send gifts to each other which are which are meaningful and um and make people I suppose feel a bit more sentimental about about the gifts what did you think Jade I love these ads so much I think this is a great example of an agency and a brand who have really done their market research they know that people use Etsy to find personalized items if they have an unusual name they know people will be missing their families this Christmas so in one spot, grandparents lament not seeing their grandkids for Christmas, likely due to COVID restrictions, yet they're able to visit them electronically and exchange handmade gifts. Another spot shows a girl named Shuri unable to find products with her name on them and her mother gives her a personalized necklace. And a third ad shows a man attending the holiday party of his boyfriend's family, unsure if he'll be welcome until he receives a special family gift. So you can just see that they've done their research. They know the type of people that are shopping there and why mm. they're shopping. And then they're just bringing that to the forefront. And they've done it so amazingly well. Mm. The ads are great. Mm. I think especially why it caught my attention this year is because we, that connection is something that's just so important now. And especially if you aren't able to see um, see your family. Like I've just been down at um, the markets and markets down at um, Trig Beach here in Perth, and there were so many people that were sent buying gifts to send to people over east that they were going to have come over, or they were going to go to Melbourne, but now they just can't. Yeah, and yeah. I think um, Etsy's obviously got a global campaign, and this is happening globally. People aren't able to travel. You aren't able to go to the States. You aren't able to go to Italy. Like there's all these different places you're not able to go. And you can just imagine the families that are being broken up at this time. Yeah, the creative have done a great job of weaving in the complexities that COVID's brought to this Christmas, plus the consume, the type of consumers that shop at Etsy. They've done yes. a really good job to weave those t- two yes. things together. Yes. I think something that um, we need to make mention, though, is Etsy is by no means a small business. <laughs> um, this year, you will not believe how much um, the volume of sales Etsy has generated. Now, this is on their platform. They've generated $451.5 million, which just absolutely... What, that's not a small business? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so even when we're talking about how much they spent on marketing for the quarter, it was $126.8 million. So an increase of 153% on the last the last year. But that is pro- due to, as um, as this article is showing, which we'll put link put a link to the um, in the in the show notes. They are saying that 
they literally, they just grew so much this year because, um, because they started, people were going on there to buy face masks and then they were on there and then it just took off. So this year has been huge for them. Wow. Um, it's interesting. It says that nearly 20% of that budget was spent on digital video. So that's good to know. Yeah, I think um, like we were talking about a few weeks ago, they've tackled Christmas really well for a brand. Um, they've taken the emotional approach and I think it's worked. Yeah. worked the, really well. The, um, Josh Silverman, Etsy's chief executive, said, consumers' shopping habits have been greatly influenced by the events of 2020 and Etsy truly stands for something different. So good on them. They were there at the right time, the right um, the right time, and had the right product for what everybody wanted this year. The brand we're looking at this week is Inner Health. They first pioneered the probiotics category about thirty years ago by researching, studying, and developing an in-depth understanding of gut health. The Inner Health Blue Bugs have been part of the brand's marketing for a long time. The tagline, have you add your Inner Health Plus today, has also been refreshed in the new campaign. So Alicia, what do you think of Inner Health and what they've done? Well, when we're looking at their purpose, they have done really well at putting their purpose at the forefront of their brand. When you think of Inner Health, you know what they've done a good job at. We know what they're out to solve. Yeah, sure. Because um, I got that they're trying to simplify the science of gut health. Yes. Yep. Um, and it's something that I think that when I think of gut health, I think of them as a leader because they were one of the first to do it in my mind. I know. If you think about 30 years ago, no one was talking about gut health 30 years ago. Yes. And now, I mean, the fact that they've only refreshed their ad now, um, they've been running that same ad for years and years and years. Yeah. And look, they've got recognizable characters associated to their brand, these little blue, what are we calling them? Bugs? Bug, little blue bugs, I think, yeah. <laughs> little blue bugs. Um, they've got, yeah, they've, they've got relatable, well, they're not relatable, but we understand, we recognize them, they're recognizable. Um, and we can, we, which makes us think of them as soon as we, I don't even think you need to see their logo anymore. You could probably just see one of those guys and know what it was, which is exactly what we set out to achieve um, when we do associate brands with characters. Um, and it just extends the brand. It means that you can be, you can do more with your brand because you don't have to have your logo up the whole time on an ad, say what some, what some, um, clients would like to do. You can have your character up the whole time and the whole time you, you're getting exposure, you're knowing what it is. Sure. Can I play devil's advocate here sure. though? My thinking was that could they have done something diff- different rather than just rehash the blue bugs and create, you know, a more modern version of them? You're um, obviously a fan of them and, well, I, and I totally understand because it's worked for them, but I'm just thinking if you want to be a market leader in this space, I feel like it's a lot more competitive than it used to be. Yeah. Look, um, I see what you're saying, but I would never um, go replacing a recognizable character unless we were finding it. It wasn't. So I, I would finding say it wasn't working. Yeah, yeah. I would only say if someone was thinking that, they would rather have, you know, a, a human face associated who could be a spokesperson, but then you're just one of millions. So you might as well have a, a character that no one else has. Um, yeah, but I see what you're saying, but I don't, I, if it's not broke, why, why fix it? Something though that I, um, I do think that they could have done a bit better was on their website. I really expected to be bombarded with gut health articles and I just found it all a bit dated 
I, I actually thought that there'd be more up-to-date information and or even people talking, about, you know, um, faces to to the the educated that has given me this information. But it was just very um, – it looked like it had been there for years. Yeah, I agree. I, I did think, though, um, the type of content they had there was basic. It was understandable. It was easily digestible, right. which I think is right on – track with their purpose in terms yes. of simplifying the the science but i do agree with you that it's um a bit lackluster in terms of what they've done with that kind of stuff definitely even looking at their social media channels i was just underwhelmed for a brand this of this size to not have to not have um leveraged this this purpose in a more connect um relatable way there's people um, out there that are literally working this space and that are giving out content and have got followings that you could connect this brand with and then therefore um, connecting with nutritionists that are literally on these platforms, having them even take over the channel of, um, of inner health and, and create some, um, some emotive and, and uh, meaningful content that will leverage this brand and make it better, uh, make better connections. I just think that in a day, like in 2021, we should be focusing our energy on making um, valuable content and people like say health with Beck, if you look at um, her Instagram page and she's a um, a girl in Perth, she produces so much great content um, as a nutritional nutritional influencer um, and then she could possibly take over for a week, then the next or a month um, and have content every Wednesday or something. And then South Australia's influencer could take over. So they could just literally go around the country, give over the channel, pay them, you know, but it's content that they aren't having to produce themselves. And this yeah. influencer was most likely producing it anyway. Yeah. But it's a, it's such a great idea because um, them bringing them two together is such a great partnership because Inner Health would have all the right research behind them in terms of gut health mm-hmm. they've got it all there because they've developed the product of course they've got the scientists they've got everyone they've got it there but they're not utilizing the right people to get it out there and connect with their consumer so because you know how much i hate people out there on social media talking about nutrition when they've got no degrees or no qualifications in the field whatsoever but inner health actually do they've yes. got they've backed by the right stuff they just need to partner with the right people to get it out there exactly i'm now hoping that health with beck does have the right yeah. qualifications <laughs> because if they don't she is a nutritionist yes <laughs> yeah yeah um, but yeah, exactly. There, it is a bit. It is a bit of a, um, a wild world out there with who's giving recommendations and what qualifications they have, especially yes. in this space. But yeah, you're right. Inner Health could definitely back them up, yeah. and um, yeah, it's a win-win because they get to spend their marketing dollars with someone who's creating this content and loves it, and also probably have an engaging audience, and they can cross, you know, cross promote um, from both channels. I think it's just a no-brainer. Oh, I hope we just formed a partnership for the two yeah. of them. Yes, exactly. Inner health, get in touch. Yeah. So my advice this week is about who you should listen to when it comes to your marketing. So often we encounter people who judge campaign success on their personal circumstance. For example, your mum might not have seen your ads on Facebook, but if your customers are 18-year-old males, then that would be why. So it got me thinking who you should listen to when it comes to your marketing feedback on your marketing. Oh my gosh. So it got me thinking who you should listen to when it comes to feedback on your marketing. Well, there's just one group of people and that's your customers, not your friends, your family or marketing professionals, just your customers. Listen to what they have to say about the ads you put out there, what they want to see, what they want to hear from you. And that's about it.
My advice this week is to use Google Forms to gather your custom testimonial content. Create a Google Form, make the responses short answer or paragraph so you can gather testimonials and ask away. Make sure you ask for their permission to use these answers on the form and you have instant testimonials for all your content. That covers it for this week. Make sure you leave us a review or follow us on Instagram at Marketing That Matters Pod. We love a chat. Thanks for listening to the Marketing That Matters podcast. Podcast.